72-year-old man's home in Florida. College of the Ozark is asking the United States Supreme Court to halt a Biden administration directive that requires schools to allow male students to be housed in women-only dormitories or use the girl showers. That's what our governor's try government's trying to get through. And the World Health Organization, better known as WHO, is meeting to draft and negotiate an agreement or other international instrument to give itself global authority over anything with the potential to impact public health. WHO considers climate change a threat to public health and thus will seek to assert unthinkable control over the world if we allow it. Our government wants to allow them to be in charge if there's other, another planned pandemic. Keep praying. We need to pray against all these things. Well, we've been talking about homes for the last few weeks and just getting our lives aligned with the Lord. And uh, let me read you some more statistics here. Only 30% of Americans are now married falling from 60% since 1970. The National Center for Family Research published a groundbreaking study showing the plummeting marriage rates over the past 50 years, while marriage rates have slightly fluctuated between 1890 and 1970. They plunged perceptionally starting in 1970 to today. While 76% of Americans were married in 1970, the rate more than halved down to a mere 31% in 23. How did our culture assumption about marriage change so drastically? The nation, excuse me, the notion that marriage is sacred is now considered an archaic notion. Moreover, the rising cohabitation rates indicate that our adults are opting for relationships with an out rather than lifelong marital commitments, and those who are choosing to get married are increasingly integrating the perks of 21 century singlehood in that relationship. Nearly four million married Americans now are living alone together. That's not a marriage. A growing movement of married couples who live separately retain their independence that they enjoyed while being single. I'm telling you, the home <clears throat> is the biggest threat in America. The home and the church. The adversary wants to take out the home. And a home is... Oh, how did I read that? I read that. It, it was on a funny. I can't tell you all of it, but... 
They called her a, a, like a, she's really a her and he's really a him. And when two of them are married, that's a marriage. Two she's being married, two he's being married, that is not a godly marriage. I'm telling you, we've got to fight for these things. Just because everybody else does, does not mean God has okayed it. He has not changed his mind. So, I, I want to continue on with uh, some of this. And uh, Lord, we just bless you. Have you been to see the movie? Is it Jesus? Is it Reformation? Revolution. Revolution. Okay, I wrote down. That's why I asked. You been yet, Casey? All right. I'm telling you, it's worth going to see. So, um, do you, after reading those statistics, it's easy to see what's going on in our country. Where's Christianity? Where's the church in these things? You know what's sad is the divorce rate in the church is as high as it is in the world. And that is, that's really sad. I experienced my folks going through that. And I thought that's what they needed to do after 27 or 8 years or close to 30 years of being married. That's, that's what I didn't know. But the home is God's great frame-up to make two people into one. And he'll get it done. He just needs two people that are willing to participate. He's predestined you to walk with him. But everybody doesn't agree with that. And your life will change. And it's, you don't see the change as much as other people see the change as you commit your life to Christ. I thought about that as Angie was talking about this building. In 1990, when we moved out here, you could see the glass windows. We covered them over. We had beautiful old brown, some kind of paneling around here and an old green carpet that some of you probably got samples of it still in your toenails from running around here on it years ago. Come on. Come on. We had some Holy Ghost good times in, on that green car. Listen, we were, just, we were proud to be here and have a place. This was a big place for us. You know what? Your life, it'll change that much. But it don't take 30 years for you. It has for some of us, but it don't, it don't have to. I just lift up Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's the King of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. And I, I challenge you to choose Him. Just say, God, take this mess and do something with it. He'll do it. He will do it. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. A little simple message. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He said, I'll take care of everything else. Now, what a deal that is. Why don't you take Him up on that? Why don't you say, Lord, I'm seeking you and your kingdom first. Now, what about this? I mean, we've all got things in our lives we need God to do something in. In your life, health, family, marriage, in-laws, outlaws, things need to be changed. But we have all this because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He gave His all. And we've been talking about this verse for the past few weeks. About this is the will of God, not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with His Spirit. How can you be led by His Spirit without being filled with His Spirit? See, that's God's will for your life. I want to show you three or four things here to talk about first. Uh, Colossians 1.27. Kyle put up the verses. And you know this verse. To whom God will to make known what is the riches of His glory of His mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's say Christ in you. Now, is that verse true? Okay. So it says Christ in you. So the Spirit of Christ, if you're a believer, lives in you. Can we handle that? Okay, look at John 14, 16, and I believe 17. Jesus said, so is this verse true? I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He... That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit live within you? Okay, so Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Okay, can we agree that God might be right about this? Come on. Okay, now look at Luke 17, 21. Nor will they say, look here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now look at it in uh, another translation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Can, can you handle that one? Yeah. That the kingdom of God is within you? Oh, you mean it's not off up there? What does it say? It says it's within you. You mean what I've been looking for all the time I've got? I remember a story I heard years ago that God would hide the truth. He, he couldn't put it in the deepest sea because man would someday get there. He couldn't hide it in the highest heights because man would someday get there. He'd just hide it within. A believer. God, you're such a good God. 
Okay, so we've got Christ in us, the Holy Spirit in us, the kingdom of God within us. What's left? Okay, it's the next verse. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Are you keeping his word? Do you love him? He said, And my Father will love him. And we, we speaking of Jesus and the Father, will come to him and make our abode with him. The Father will make His abode with you too. Doesn't that about sum it up? Isn't that God the Father, God the Son, isn't that God the Holy Spirit? And the kingdom of God within. A person that has really asked Jesus Christ to come and live in them and be who He says He is. And there's times I just say, God, now where's that at? Where's that at? If you're meeting all my needs... Where are we at? We've been going through Dixie's back pain for three months. And she's been going through it. Uh, let me show you another verse. You know, Hebrews 12, 12 and 13. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. You know, for the, God, the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, so the soul and spirit can be divided, and of joints and marrow, the Word of God's even a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Isn't that something? The Word of God knows our thoughts. And there is no creature, now we're the creatures, there's no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. Tell your neighbor you're going to give an account to God. <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite <clears throat> psalms is Psalms 103. And if you're here early of, before we start, as we pray, I, a lot of times I quote that. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. There's just something in me that helps me to say, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who what? Forgives our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. Who redeemed my life from the pit. Who has crowned me with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies my years with good things and renews my youth like that of the eagle. And that's getting to be the favorite part of it for me. <laughs> but what about that? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. See, these things, these changes are made within us when we're born again. I'll show you this verse. And then Colossians 2.11 In Him, in Jesus, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. This is men and women, both, everyone that's born again. In the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. See, when you're born again, uh, Romans 6, verses 3 and 4 talks about that we're buried with Christ and we're raised with Him. But all these things 
happen to us inwardly when we're born again. We don't know all these things. And it's a process like this building was a process getting changed. Us getting changed is a process also. But when you get saved, how saved do you get? It usually depends on how much time is done explaining that. I mean, it doesn't take God long for you to see that you're lost and you need a Savior. But what you do with it is a process. But when you get saved, your spirit gets saved. Your flesh doesn't get saved. There was a young lady on TV, on TBN years ago, and I, I don't remember who she was. She apparently had been somebody kind of with some notoriety, and she had just been saved, I'll say, a month. And they had her on there interviewing her, and they talked about, and the devil was doing something, and they told her, well, just curse the devil. She said, Really? He said, yeah. So, okay. And she said, well, you know good. Blankety, blank, 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 blank. They meant curse the devil. I mean, she didn't know. Her spirit got saved. Her mind and will and emotions didn't get all 66 books <laughs> zapped in there. That's why we have to what? Romans 12, 2. Come on, renew our minds by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. But see, in, in your soulish area, your mind, will, and emotion, all this lives its within us some way. And I, I think the sin nature is really, our soul has to get changed. That's our soulish nature. And, and I, I think even most of we believers, I think a lot of the good things we do, we still do it soulishly, not just really being led by God. It's just easy. Uh, put up that Philippians 2.13. For it's God who has at... That little preposition at work in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. Now, it doesn't say that God did a work in you. Well, he did do a work in you. And he's going to do a work in you. But say, he's at work in me. I mean, you've called somebody and said, where are you? Well, I'm home at lunch. Let me tell you, God's at work in you and I. He's at work. That means, Charles, He is not finished with you. Just take a deep breath, relax, and let Him do it. He's going to do it. See, he, it says He'll do it. It doesn't say you have to do it. We have tried too hard too long and got... Hmm, We don't know the Spirit's voice because we're so busy doing what we think we're supposed to do. Soulish. That's that soulish area. And I'm, I'm convinced our 
soul gets away from our spirit. And the closer we get to God, it says, draw near to Him, this process begins to line up. And your soulish nature begins, that's what's getting changed. That lady that went blankety blank, 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 the next time you saw her, she'd got some training, and she didn't do that. You remember sometime when you just went off? I remember we had a lady at the Baptist church years ago where we went, and she was one of these ladies come in and pretty sparkly and turned on and was getting everything arranged. And I said at home, she'll be having them selling popcorn up there the next thing you know. Well, of course, Angie's a little girl. She just repeated that up there, you know. <laughs> I mean... Come on, God will hang you out. Don't, it's funny when it's on me, but I've seen it on you too. Casey, I won't let him pick on you. Yeah. Spirit, soul, and body. We're a, we're a complicated mess when we come to Christ. Now Listen. I could think of, you could think of a lot of people that's not here this morning needs to hear this. But apparently God thought this was the group. Okay? Because I even thought about going to preaching through the book of Esther, Esther, but Angie may want to do that next week. We'll see. Sin separates our soul and spirit. Lord, we bless you. But we need to be expecting God to both work and will in us for His good pleasure. But we must work through the hurts, the wounds, the disappointments that have occurred in our lives to be free in Christ. You will not be free in Christ with those old hurts. If you don't, you'll take them out on the ones you love the most. We have gone by the examples we grew up in. When you get to start a home, you, you, the pattern you have is what you grew up in, right or wrong. If you were blessed to have two parents that loved one another and served Jesus with all their heart, you were really blessed. Well, you're blessed anyway because you've come to Christ. Bill Gothard did seminars over the country for years, taught thousands of people, and he, he called his conferences basic use conflicts. Basic use conflicts. Things that happened to you early in your life, how they still control your life today. More than you know. More than you know. That's why we need to go through, a Christian needs to go through deliverance. We need to get set free. The Spirit got saved, not the flesh. If the flesh is saved, why can you go off and say things you wish you didn't say? Why? And yet, sometimes then the Spirit begins to work on you. Philippians 2.13, for it's God who is at work in us. 
But you know, I was taught to pray like everything depended on God and work like everything depended on me. And some of you are doing that. Richard? Amen. Okay. We're working like everything depends on us, not on God. Listen, I'm trying to get close to that verse. To let Him do in me what He wants to do, not me doing what I think He needs me to do for Him. And there's a big difference in that. It'll take some pressure. Well, the pressure is, just be quiet, Gerald. Take a deep breath. He's at work in you. He didn't say, you go do your best, I'll cheer you on. But we kind of grew up thinking that's the way it was. I mean, that's the way it is in the ball game. Who gets the prize at a racetrack? Just one horse. There's ten others are doing their best, but just one. But it's not that way in Christian. He loves us. He looks at us as we're, what, we, what you're going to look like when He's finished with you. That's the way He looks at you now. He looks at the finished product. I mean, He would have drowned me years ago, all the junk I went through. If He hadn't known, someday He's going to get through some of this. And listen, we're all in a process. We're all in a process. Lord, I, I just bless you and praise you. <clears throat> well, I'll confess another one of my failings years ago. Uh, this was probably sometime early, mid-70s. Had to be early 70s. And uh, we'd been filled with the Spirit. So, can a Spirit-filled Christian sin? Oh, how about this? Can a Christian have a demon? Not just one, usually. But in, in this case, my, I had a good friend. His name's Monty, and we had some horses already together. In fact, we raised a world champion. But I had sold Jim Mangold a mare, Zero Bell. She was by Johnny Zero and out of a Wimpy Two mare, for all you horse people who get that logo. But <clears throat> Jim, Jim wanted to sell her, and she was in fold of Blondie's Dude. So uh, he said, I'll take 1500 for her. So I, I, I'd agreed to buy her. And I don't remember whether I'd paid him or not. But anyway, I'd agreed to. So I talked to Monty and I said, uh, Jim wants to sell that mare uh, for 2000 And he said, okay. So he sent me 1000 well, that would have been okay if I would have told him I wanted 2000 for the mayor. But the price was 1500 and I told him it was 2000 So we'd made the deal. And see, the Lord will let you do that. And then He'll call your attention to it. So you can get a little more humble pie and you can go tell a really good friend, I just lied to you and cheated you, and the Holy Ghost says, I've wronged you and I want to make it right. So I did. And, that's, and we stayed friends 
He's 89, and last time I saw him, he said, you know, I'm preaching. You're, you're preaching my funeral. I said, no, I didn't know. He said, well, I guess I told my wife, but you are. <laughs> and we did a lot of things together. But let me tell you the rest of the story. So we had that mare. That was in the fall. In the spring, she has a nice filly coat. And uh, we liked her. And Monty kept the mare and coat. He got her weaned. He kind of got her fit up. And she was looking good. We took her to one little show. And I think she was second in the class of two or something. But, but she looked good. And I was going to take her to Tulsa Fair. And I had this attorney friend in Colorado Springs. I helped him build a horse town out there. And I was his expertise advisor. And he wanted to show Philly. And I said, I've, we've got this Philly. And we'd talk about her. But he never, I was going to price her at 3500 But he never would ask me the price. So uh, we go on and take her to Tulsa Fair. And I, I forgot, I want to say there was 50 or 60 foals in it. And uh, anyway, she wins. So uh, I called my friend and tell him, I, but now I thought, 5000 So uh, we talked, he said, well, I want her. He didn't ask me the price. So it goes on. I go to Columbus, Ohio, to the big horse show up there, and I see what they're selling for and talked, and uh, I said, 6500 So uh, next time I talk to him, we talk about it, and he said, how much you want for her? I said, 6500 He came down and bought her. Let me tell you, when you make the turnaround, God wants you to make, He'll work out what you need. I don't care if it's your money, your family, your health. When we obey God, He is faithful. He's faithful. He is faithful. See, my mom and dad worked together in business. They could each go their separate ways, and they did. Dixie's mom and dad, you never saw one of them without the other. Her mom didn't drive. So when we got married, I thought it was just fine. I'd call her and we're going to go to Shoto or somewhere and buy some roping goats or do something. And sometimes that was true. But in Dick, <laughs> But in... In, in Dixie's family, her look at life, it wasn't, that wasn't right. Because her mom and dad were always together. So that took some coming together for us, particularly for me. That's one of the things that I've already told you before. I've apologized to her more than once. I mean, God works in all of our lives in different ways. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different family environments. And yet, God is at work in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to what? Forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I want to walk in the light with Him and have fellowship with Him. 1 John 1, 7 talks about that. I told you my mom and dad both 
divorced. They both eventually remarried. And one time my mom and uh, her husband was having a disagreement. It was over carrots. In a roast. One of them was used to cutting the carrots up kind of small. Another one on big carrots. But bless God, carrots can be an issue. What's the issue in your family? It may be something besides carrots. That's not the way we do it. I mean, some of it's like the the story told about the lady would always cut off the end of the ham. And they said, why do you do that? Well, Mama always did it that way. Well, Mama, why'd you do it? Ask Grandma. That's what she did. Grandma, why'd you cut that off? Well, it was too big for the pan. I mean, there's just some stuff that's just stuff. That he puts two people together and your personalities will be opposite. Oh, and we just think we're so compatible. And then about a year or two, who in the world are you? And God's laughing. It's funny now. It hadn't always been. But God is at work in you. He's at work in everybody. He's at work. He's at work. We got to deal with our stuff. But I've, I've had Christian men come and help me at the barn. Have tools and use things that belong to whoever they work for. And I guess if they had permission to use them, that's fine. But some of the stuff was used up and left there. It don't make any difference. It's somebody else's. No, it's a theft. I'm telling you, if we take our stands in every area of our lives, it'd make a difference. There's a time you've just got to say, no, we can't do it that way. I'm not going to be a part of it. You can, but not me. See, we're called to be like Jesus. There's a lot of things changed in our countries. And years ago when we went to school, schools had no events on Sunday or Wednesday. They honored the churches. They don't anymore. And you know what? Christians went right along with it. We can't be there. They've got a ball game. What's more important? The sports, your education, or a Christian education? Where does Christian education fit in there? I'll tell you where it fits. It's at the bottom, and it should be at the top. That's why it's going to make a difference in the end. That's where you're going to wish you'd have did things with them differently. We, we've got to make a difference We will not be obedient to God without being filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Is Jesus Lord of all? What about the home? What about relationships? What about these things? Here's a verse for you busy people. Ecclesiastes 4.6 It's better to have a handful with quietness than both hands 
full with travail and vexation of spirit. How many handfuls you got? I read that verse years ago in the 70s. We were, the horse business was really taking off, was really doing good. The insurance business was good, but it was overloading Dixie. And I read that verse. And God didn't tell us we had to do it. But I said, you know, I just believe God will take care of us. And we got rid of a business that probably makes as much or more money than any business in town right now. One handful or two handfuls? Two handfuls, but being stressed, vexed, or one handful and peace. That's a good verse, isn't it? I, I started this month, I'm reading through Ecclesiastes instead of Proverbs. So I read that the other day, and I, of course, had it marked, and I remembered that story. And we did that in about 77, I think, something like that. That's a long time ago, isn't it? You'll have these stories. You've got markers in your life of things where things changed, things moved around. Some of you have asked Jesus to come into your life, and Charles already said he wants to be officially part of the church. We'll pray over him this morning as he comes. <clears throat> But some of you have never been baptized. And you need to come this morning and say, I'm ready. We'll, we won't baptize you today, but we'll get a date figured out when we can. If you've been saved and not baptized, you're not obedient to God. You're rebellious. You're saying, God bless me, but I'm not going to do what you said to do. I didn't get an amen. amen. Okay, thank you. Here, I'm going to read you two or three more verses here. Look, you know Matthew 7.21? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does what? The will of my Father who is in heaven. See, it's the will of God for us to be filled with the Spirit. It's the will of God for everybody to be saved. It's the will of God for believers to be baptized. Be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit of God. 1 John 1, 7. I alluded to that a while ago. Put that up, Kyle. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You can fellowship with the Lord. You can fellowship with other Christians. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That will liberate you to be free. To be free from all sin. No guilt, no condemnation, no self-condemnation. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I don't care what your sin is, that all will include it. That all will cover it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Men, I told the Lord, we need to have a men's meeting tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 7. I kind of, I've been thinking about when to do that, and the Lord reminded me of there, and I thought, if I think of that and I'm preaching, I'm going to, we'll do it tomorrow night. Okay. Verse 4. Just as He, the Lord, chose us in Him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Now, He chose you. What you do with that is up to you. That we would be holy and blameless before Him. That's what He wants you to be. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons. He predestined you. But you can say no. You can walk away. Millions have. It says many are called. Not many choose to walk it out with God. He predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intent of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace which He freely God freely bestowed on us in Christ Jesus. He chose you. He predestined you. So He could live and work and will in you to do for His good pleasure. See, life is supposed to be, I mean, we're, what am I supposed to do? We always look at the secular things instead of saying, see, if we'd raise up a child to think about, God, you've got a call for my life someday. When you find out what God wants to do in your life, and I'm not saying He's calling everybody to be a preacher. He's calling everybody to be a minister. Amen. When you find out what He's doing in your life, that's what Manly Beasley told me. He said, why don't you find out what God's doing and join Him? I had no idea. I mean... It can be business. I mean, the seven mountains, all those areas, we need, to, we need Christians everywhere. There's a young guy roping now in the PRCA. He's good. His brother's been to the finals the last couple years. And this boy's that good. He'll get there. He roped all through high school and then sold his horses and got out. And he said, I'm going to go be a missionary for Christ. I just heard his story. He's uh, 19 or 20. He's come back. And he said, you know, I've realized I can be more of a missionary doing what I know how to do than going off somewhere. We need him in every area. It's interesting. The announcer's just talking about, yeah, this is a great young cowboy. He's hooked up with this, this gal. They're traveling together that ropes. You know, I mean, that's a testimony. It's not what you want. And then they give this testimony about this guy. I mean, they didn't say that to down one and build one up, but 
It's just interesting the things you hear. See, God has got a plan and purpose. Finding that purpose. Fulfillment is only in Christ. You can't make enough money to get happy. You'll be happy for a while. A new spouse won't do it. A new job won't do it. And, and God may give you a new job. I'm not saying you can't change jobs. I pray you find the one He's got for you. The vocation, whatever that is. Whether it's your business or you be the best employer that company's got. And I promise you, God will recognize it. He will honor you in it. But He wants us to bring our stuff. And I heard a man <clears throat> say one time, well, we don't need to hang our dirty clothes out on the line as far as he meant telling everybody about all of our stuff. Well, you don't have to tell everybody. But it says if we confess our sins, if we get our lives rightly related to God and one another in every area that we know how to, God will move in your life. He'll move. He'll move. Listen, there'll be a time you can forget about those old memories and things. I look, you look back and you say, I can't believe that was, I was that dumb. But it's a process. And you may think you're dying going through it because He wants you to die so He can be who He is in you. And He can't because your soulish area is so big. You've got, it's got to be all about you. And as long as it's about you, it is not about Him. He just, hmm, He said someday He'll get quiet enough that I can say something to Him. And He'll use circumstances. He does use money. I'd say, I know God's just shutting me down. He can use anything. He is Lord of all. He's going to be Lord of all. And someday we're all going to stand before Him. But look, it's not all for up there. He wants to be Lord here. That'll all be great. It'll be different than what we're even thinking about. But what about now? What about now? I've redeemed you from the pit. I've crowned you with loving kindness and compassion. I'm filling your years with good things. Some of you can't wait till the kids get grown or we get this paid off or that. You're going to look back and say, what a great time of your life you were in and you didn't even know it. You miss it because you're, oh, you're frustrated. You're caught up with two handfuls instead of just one and focused on Christ. Listen, everybody needs to be born again from the youngest one in here to the oldest. If you've never said, Jesus, you can have my life. You paid the ultimate price for my sin. I want to come and give you my life. He just asks you to walk the aisle for Him and confess Him. He just asks you to come and say, I want to get baptized. I want to join the church. I want to... God's showing me this. And if there's areas in your life, if you're having trouble working through it, listen, you... Just saying, I've quit. I've stopped. Will not do it. You may need help to get through it. I mean, if God's convicting you of something, that means He wants to change that in your life. 
He may be telling you to start doing something you're not doing. He may be telling you to stop doing something that everybody else can do it. But he says, nope, that's not for you. See, that's, he gave his all. And to be a disciple, he wants us to give him a chance to work in our lives. And you know the people that have the hardest time with, with this kind of a message is people that grew up in a home where they had no boundaries. They could do what they want to do. I witnessed one yesterday. If you don't teach your kids yes and no, whoa! That's a good horse term. Stop. Whoa! If they won't mind you, a policeman will teach them someday. They ought to get in the army. I mean, you've got to have, you have boundaries. Don't you have boundaries? If you're a believer, you have boundaries. Your friends can go do that, but no, I can't go do that. It's wrong for me. If you don't teach your kids from there up, boundaries. Proverbs talked about don't tear down those ancient fences and boundaries. That's what he's talking about. I'm telling you there's things today you need to bring to, you need to bring to Christ this morning. We'll have prayer team up here again. They'll pray for you. You can leave with no guilt, fear, or condemnation, knowing you're right with the Lord God Almighty. If we confess our sins, we say, Jesus, I know you want me to be more like you. You can't do it on your own. When you get, ask Him to fill you with His Spirit, and you start to realize it's Him that's at work in you. Lord, we just bless you and thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, just come. Just come. Let's stand. Now, come on. The, de the devil says, yeah, that's right. You ought to do it, but not today. Let me tell you, today's the day of salvation. If you don't do it today, you probably never, you might not ever. Just come. Angie and Rob will pray for you. Debbie will pray for you. We'll pray for you. Just come. If there's sin in your life, deal with it. Lord, we just bless you. Drop by drop, there's a fresh oil flowing. A fresh oil flowing, drip by drip. Drop by drop, there's a new wine flowing. A new wine flowing. It's Anybody want help today? Is Jesus not saying anything to you? Today is the day. Today is the day.
candies pouring in the oil and the wine. saying more than we're wanting to deal with this week. He's worthy. We are his idea. I promise you he loves us. He is our liberator. He is our liberator.
Any other word this morning? Charles, come on, we'll pray over you. I thank the Lord for Charles. He knows God's working in him. He wants to fulfill what God has for him. And we're, we're just agreeing with him today. We're just laying hands on him and calling forth that the kingdom of God that's within him, that he realize that. And the Holy Spirit leads him to be the son of God he wants to be. That he will, I decree, Charles, you will fulfill God's purpose for you. I decree he'll intervene in your family. Lord, we call his family into the kingdom. We bless you, Lord. We bless him. So I've been praying for my son and my ex-wife, and he's 15 now, but uh, he called. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. His mom was mad or whatever, so. Uh, but he called yesterday, and I got to talk to him. and went by and seen him and his sister. So that's a, that's a plus. <laughs> I tell you what, when we make a move, God will make a move. Any other words for Charles? Debbie? Charles, I hear the, the Lord saying that he who began a good work in you is able to complete it. And you know, several weeks ago we prayed for you. Okay, God will complete that work. So don't get discouraged. Keep hearing silence like you got a lot coming in, but you need to shut a lot of that out. Amen? Amen. Amen. You are in a good place. Amen. Very good place. Appreciate your writing. Lord, we bless him and welcome him. Yes. And thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Men, remember tomorrow night, our men's meeting, and then Wednesday night at 7, okay? That's okay. I just wanted to, it's, okay, the camera's covered. I just, I wanted to ask you to pray for Whitney and her husband. It's a couple that sat over this way and had the two babies. 
they need our prayers desperately. So I just ask for you, if you would just pray for them. Amen. Bless you.